We're going, to be, we're going to be studying the book of Galatians, and we're going to be doing a book study, all right? So I encourage you all this month to kind of join with us. Read the book of Galatians. You can read it in about 20 or 30 minutes, just uh, all, um, all the chapters there. I encourage you, just read it over, read it over, read it over. As I've done that for the last three, four, five weeks now, multiple times, read the book of Galatians over and over. Every single time, God has spoken something new and different to me. Uh, isn't that amazing about the Word of God, how that He does that? And so, I, I want to encourage us, if we're going to climb higher in the Lord, the only way we can do that is on the basis of His Word and by His Spirit. And uh, I love the fact that that's really, really what Galatians uh, focuses on, is, um, is de de defining the gospel and the power of the Spirit. And so I want to encourage you to, um, to do this, to say, God, I know that if I'm going to be healthy, then I've got to take some responsibility for my health. Amen? Amen. I wish that I could blame, you know, all of my, um, the times when I'm not healthier, the times, blame it on somebody else, the times I'm emotionally upset. Hey, listen, how many people know that, it, that when we get us fixed, it's amazing how many things, other things change? Anybody? Amen. Amen. So, so I want to encourage you today to be saying, God, I realize I've got to be somebody who self-feeds, who eats of the Word of God, who has fellowship, who has relationship with the Holy Spirit, relationship with Jesus Christ individually and personally. And let me say this, if you don't do this, you'll never be healthy spiritually. You'll never be there. You can want it, you can desire it, you can say, oh, I, I really wish that I was growing in the Lord, I wish I had a more intimacy with God, I wish I a better marriage, I wish I had a better, uh, a better family, I wish I had a better, more peace in my life, more freedom in my life, but you're never going to have it, okay? You're never going to have it just in and of your own strength and ability. It's going to come through the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Amen? Amen. So let's jump in here and let me, let me just lay this out. This morning, the reason we're doing this, the reason we're focusing on a book study is uh, for a few reasons. Number one, the Bible is our spiritual food, okay? The Bible is our spiritual food. We, we've, got to, uh, we've got to just understand, you, you, uh, you, okay, and one of the things that we're going to talk about, one of the things that Paul the Apostle says in Galatians, and I love this, he goes, look, I didn't get the gospel just from some man just by going to church. It was a revelation of Jesus to me. Jesus gave it to me personally. And can I say this? That's the only way you can get saved. It's the only way you can be a Christian. I don't care if you were birthed in a church, grew up on a pew, you know, all you ate was communion wafers all your life. Okay. That doesn't make you a Christian. The only way that you have a, is through the, a personal relationship and that comes through revelation of Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen? Amen? Amen. So the Bible's our spiritual food. Matthew chapter 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Number two, we're blessed when we obey the word of God. Anybody want a blessed life? Anybody want the blessing of God in your life? Come on. Anybody want the blessing of God in your life this morning? I want the blessing of God. I want to live on the blessing of God. Live in the word of God. Luke chapter 11 verse 28 says this. But he said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. 
Amen? So we have a responsibility to hear the Word, to read the Word, study the Word, memorize the Word, meditate upon the Word, and to obey the Word. So love it, live it, and obey it. Amen? And so in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it said that, um, that, that this was the command, that the Word of God should never depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do the, all that it's written. And then I love this last verse in Joshua 1, 8. It says, Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Anybody want prosperity in their life? Okay, I'll take all the ones that don't want it, Lord. You just, I'll, we'll take the, <laughs> no, no, we all want prosperity. We all want good success. We, we all want to be successful. And can I tell you this? God wants it for you more than you want it. God wants to bless our lives. He wants to heal our lives. He wants to cause us to have strength and maturity and, and success in every area of our lives. But it comes by the Word of God. Number three, we're commanded to study the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best. Present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing or rightly handling the Word of truth. Okay? Now, I'm not, I don't want to beat up on culture. I don't want to beat up on church. I don't want to beat up on people. But can I tell you that, that part of the problem of where we've got to in our world and our culture today is because we have had people who have not lived on the Word of God. They haven't known the Word of God. They haven't known how to give every man an answer. If somebody culture raises up a question, raises up a question about sexuality, raises up a question about, about morality, raises up a question about... And all of a sudden the church, because we have not studied, we find ourselves backing up and going, Oh, oh I don't know. All I can... Well, let's just love. Let's just love. Hey, listen, it's not, it's, I'm just telling you, you can't love people without knowing the Word of God. Amen? Because it'll be a fleshly endeavor. It'll be something that, that's, that's human, that's in our own hearts. And we do not have the power to change culture. We do not have the power to change lives. Only God has that power. Amen? Anybody know that? Only God has the power to change lives. And, and don't, <coughs> excuse me, don't, don't be mistaken, folks. Listen, culture doesn't create things, okay? Culture is an imitator. If you look back through history, you'll see that the same things that are being dealt with today, that they're just being repurposed and repackaged in our world today. It's the same devil. It's the same lie. It's the same bondage. It's the, it's the same things that's just being retold over and over and over again. The devil is an imitator. The, the, the media world in, that we get so much of our information from, it's an imitator. Now, now listen to this. Um, a few, I don't remember when, it was a couple of years ago, we were um, at a conference, and um, one of the, the people that was speaking there, they were doing kind of a, a, a group panel discussion type of thing, and, um, and one of the people that was speaking there said uh, what happened to be in the fashion industry, okay? And uh, someone said, well, to them, how do you know what people will like and what people will want to buy? And this person, you know what they did? They began to laugh. They went, <laughs> that's so naive. So we don't ask people what they want or what they like. We tell them what they need. 
And so what we do is we start saying, oh, if you don't wear this pair of shoes, or if you don't dress like this, or if you don't look like this, and that's what culture does. Culture tries to tell us, it tries to define for us what's acceptable, what's hip, what's cool, what's right. It tries to sell us, it's trying to tell us, it's trying to form us, it's trying to shape us, it's trying to mold us. And I say that the only person that gets that privilege in our lives is Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 That's why we need to be people who are always ready to give an answer. Peter puts it like this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. He says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy always, being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for that hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And, and I recognize, folks, I recognize that, that the church has not always done, or representatives of the church have not always answered people with gentleness and respect. But can I tell you, we're not normal church, right? We're, amen? I'm not talking to just a, a, an ordinary group. I'm talking to the cream of the crop, amen? Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you, all right? Just, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to do it the way that the church has done it in the past. We're not going to rage and rail and yell and be angry. We don't have to. We have the love of God in our hearts, and so we can give an answer with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Amen? Amen. So number four, I think the reason we're going to study the Word of God, the reason we're going to jump into Galatians, the reason we're going to eat of the whole Word of God, the counsel of God, is because the Word of God is our strongest spiritual weapon. It's our strongest spiritual weapon. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, God, I've hid thy word, in my, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. How many people would like to be able to live without sinning? Amen. Both hands up. Anybody have both hands? That's me. Both hands up, right? So both hands up. Yeah, man. God, we want. We don't want to sin. We know that we're 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 intelligent enough to understand that sin always has a repercussion. Sin always leaves a scar. Anybody ever heard the statement saying sin is always going to take you farther than you want to go? Sin's always going to cost you more than you want to pay, and sin's always going to keep you longer than you want to stay. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, nobody wants to live like that. Sin's going to try to control life. But we, we don't have to yield to sin. Hide the word of God in our heart that we might not sin against God. And, uh, and I believe that that's what God wants for us. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 says this. It says, therefore, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall, may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow. And listen to this, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of hearts. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, I believe that that word of God being sharper than a two-edged sword that divides the thoughts, okay, and the intents of men's hearts there, where it says discerning the thoughts and the intents of hearts, I believe that functions in two ways. 
First of all, I believe that there's times we can lie to ourselves and say, oh, well, I'm just being nice, okay? Or I'm just trying not to hurt somebody's feelings, but in our hearts we can lie. Has your heart ever lied to you? Anybody's heart ever lied to them? Anybody's heart ever said, oh, I really need it, I need it, I need it. Well, I can live without it, but the truth is I want it, I want it, I want it. Amen? And that's, and that's, that's true in all of our lives. So then the, 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 the Word of God will come and will help to discern what the real motives of our heart, um, what's, what's really in our heart. And then there's times when it discerns it and it says, well, hey, wait a minute. God sees what's really going on in our hearts and our lives. But even more importantly, listen, even more importantly, I believe that we need to know what's going on in our hearts. <clears throat> this is one of those times I'm screaming, I'm standing on the desk, I'm yelling up, okay, loudly. Okay, we need to know what's going on in our hearts. We need to know, when am, am I act, acting from an offense? You know, oh, I love them, I'm just not going to talk to them. Oh, I, I'm, yeah, I've forgiven them. No, or, or am I holding an offense in my heart or am I believing a wrong belief? Anybody here ever believe something and not be true? Sure. Right? I, I mean, I could give you multitudes of examples uh, of that to be true. What we need, folks, we've got to get this, is we need the Spirit of God to come and to discern in our own hearts, okay, to show us the way to live, to show us how to act in every situation and what responses to give to every person. And it comes by the Word of God. Amen? Amen. That's God's purpose and God's intentions. And then finally in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 about the Word of God, the Scripture says this. It says, in all circumstances. Okay? Everybody say, all circumstances. All circumstances. And one more time, all circumstances. Anybody got any circumstances in your life? Anybody got any circumstances in your life? <laughs> right. I woke up this morning and realized that one of the circumstances of my life this morning was, this is the last Sunday I will preach and I have a grandbaby here in present. So, <laughs> I'm excited about this. We're excited. This, uh, keep, uh, keep Ashley and Bradley in prayer this Thursday. Uh, going in, little baby Jackson will be making his appearance there. So, uh, I keep hearing people say, and it's really getting a little bit scary because people say, oh man, your life is about to change. I was going, well, my life's not getting ready to change that much. They're the ones staying up all night with the baby, right? I heard about grandparents was you love them and you send them home, right? So I'm looking forward. So, and, but we all got circumstances, right? So listen to this. <coughs> In every circumstance, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Woo! Somebody needs to be saying hallelujah right now. I don't know. Maybe the devil doesn't shoot at you. Maybe he doesn't try to make you feel bad, make you feel guilty, make you feel afraid, make you feel worried, make you lose your peace, lose your sleep. Now you probably don't deal with any of that, right? But I'm telling you, with the word of God, we can extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. Amen? Amen. We can extinguish the conflicts in our marriage. Somebody say, come on now. Amen. All right. And thank you all. Thanks to everybody who came out Wednesday night for our marriage uh, 
our marriage discussion. That was, uh, that was great. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, I hope everybody's still together after that. That was, uh, yeah, that's always my concern there, okay? That, so um, we've had some people say, hey, maybe we need to do it again. We will, maybe here in a, a couple of few weeks. But this Wednesday night, don't forget, don't forget, if you're a parent, all right, if you're a parent, if, um, if you're a grandparent, if you're thinking about being a parent here someday, I want you to come out this Wednesday night. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about parenting. How many people know that in parenting, every now and then, you've got to extinguish some things? Amen? You've got to deal with some things. You've got to deal with some stuff. You've got to deal with some attitudes. You've got to deal with some issues. You've got to deal with some wrong thoughts. And then after you deal with the parents, you've got to deal with that with the kids too, right? So, so. Amen, amen. I have thought, long thought that one way to help the children be raised better would be if you could just discipline the parents for their behavior. But I don't know if that work or not. How many, how many people, that gets their, your vote, right, this morning? So. But it says, goes on, it says, Extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. Listen, I'm telling you, we cannot be healthy. We cannot grow strong. We cannot transform culture. We cannot save the lost. We cannot be everything that God wants us to be without being people who live by, who hunger, uh, hunger for, who stand on the word of Almighty God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. That's why we're studying the book of Galatians. That's why we're looking into the word of God. That's why when we turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 1, you're turning to the first book that was written in the New Testament. The earliest book written. Uh, this, the, Paul the Apostle had been out on his missionary journeys and as he had developed this relationship with these believers in the area of Galatia, of Turkey there, uh, to the modern day Turkey, he had gone on to some other places. But he heard that after he preached the gospel to them, that people came in and tried to twist and to distort and get them to not believe anymore. Because his heart was so moved that Paul then wrote a letter, an epistle, that this is what we're reading right here today in about, um, in about 50 A.D., about 20 years after Jesus left the face of the earth, Paul's writing back and he's saying, he's giving them instructions about how to live. And that word today is still active and alive and helpful, is helpful, for us today, I've got a bug up here, and I'm afraid we're going to be biblical. I heard about a preacher that said he was a stranger, and he took him in, and I don't want to do that this morning. That's right. So, so we, we, we don't want to do that this morning, all right? <clears throat> so in Galatians, are you ready? In Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul begins, and he, um, and he begins his defense of the gospel. And let me say this. The book of Galatians is known as the... As, as the, as the um, as the, I start to say the gospel of freedom, but it's, it is the gospel of freedom, but the epistle of freedom. And, and, and that word has been, did you hear it in worship today? Did anybody hear that? Freedom, come on, God wants us to step, God wants us to move into it. As Corey was ministering,
ministering and declaring the Word of God. God wants His people free. God doesn't want us in the traps of the devil, and God doesn't want us in the trap of religion. Amen? God wants us free to live in the power of the gospel according to the Word of God by the Holy Spirit so that we can be and accomplish everything that God wants us to be and accomplish. Amen? That's good news this morning. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse 1, Paul. Paul writes, he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So we see the first key here of why Paul's writing. Not only had there been people who would come in, had come into the Galatian church and had tried to get them to, um, to, to go back and add a little bit something to the gospel of grace. That's what Paul says. He says, I come and I give you the gospel of grace. Anybody thankful for grace? We all know what grace means, right? God's riches at Christ's expense, right? Free gift, a free gift. Can't work for it, can't earn it, never going to deserve it, okay? Nobody's ever going to be good enough to get it. But God, in His love through Jesus Christ, gives us this gift of grace, this gift that is manifest to us in the resurrected Jesus Christ. And Paul says, this is the only gospel. He says, this is the gospel. So Paul's writing here, and then there are people who want to come in and they want to twist and they want to get control of the, of the people in, Galatians, uh, in, in Galatia again. And so what they're trying to get them to do is they're trying to get them to, you know, no, no, you don't need to listen to that man. He's not even really an apostle. He never really was a follower of Jesus when he was on the face of the earth. And, and anybody know how Paul got saved? Remember that? He had the Damascus Road experience, and you need to go and read it in, book, in the book of Acts. It's an amazing story of, of how Jesus came and, and, uh, and, look, and met with Paul directly, and Paul falls off his horse and down on his face, and he gets converted, and he has a personal experience. And let me say this again today. You can't be grandfathered into the kingdom of God. Just because your grandparents were Christians and your, maybe your grand, great-great-grandfather was a preacher and your grandfather was a preacher and your dad was a preacher and you, I mean, you know what? That and a dollar gets you a whopper someplace, I think, you know, right? It, it won't, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Every believer is a first-generation believer. You may have a godly heritage and I pray that you do and hope that you do and I hope if not you don't have one, you're establishing one today. But it comes from a personal revelation. And so Paul, one thing he's doing throughout the gospel, or throughout the epistle here, throughout this letter, is he's defending his apostleship because they're coming and saying, hey, you're not really an apostle, and, and you weren't really this, and you weren't with the other disciples. And Paul's saying, hey, listen, I may not have been with the other disciples, but what the commission that I got, and if we're going to live lives that are going to make a difference, folks, the commission that we're going to get is not just by somebody in the church, me, Pastor Corey, Pastor Chris, say, oh, here's what you need to do. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be something that's going to get stirred up on the inside of you by the Spirit and by the Word of God. And you're going to say, this is what God wants me to do. And Paul said, Paul said, I've been made an apostle, not by men, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus came and got a hold of my life and changed me. He changed me. I was the chief of the Pharisees. I was the best student of the Pharisees. I persecuted the church. But now I'm an apostle 
for Jesus Christ and I lay my life down for him I give my life for him and in light of that Paul goes on in, in verse 6 there he looks at these believers these Christians and, and, and he looks at them, he goes I gotta tell you and this is a powerful verse folks I hope everybody's got your Bibles look at this verse if you haven't got it be sure and write these down so you can go back and look at it okay but listen to what he says in verse 6 he goes I am astonished I'm amazed, I'm perplexed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of God and turning to a different gospel. Can I tell you that every now and then that I, I kind of step over here and line up with Paul and I go, I don't understand God. How is it that people have been saved from such just incredible sin? They've been set free. To not have to be in bondage to sin and in bondage to religion and in bondage to, to insecurity and doubt and fear. How is it, God, that people keep going right back into the same thing? How is it that God, oh yes, Jesus has forgiven me for my sins and yes, I'm a believer. And yeah, I know, but, but, but this and but that. And, and can I tell you, Paul's saying, that astonishes me. And I believe that if Paul can, he goes, hey, listen, he goes on, he says, he goes, that's not what the gospel that you got from me. The gospel that you got from me says that it's through Jesus Christ and him alone that you are saved. The gospel that got, you got from me said you can't add works to it. You can't add anything to it. You can't just say, and I know we're in East Texas. I know, I understand we're in East Texas. And I know the biggest religion in East Texas is me and the good Lord God and understanding. Right? I can't tell. I've, I've looked for that church all over the place. Me and the good Lord God and understanding. That's what next time, you know, big banner. Me and the good Lord God and understanding church. But I, can I tell you this? That's not the gospel. That's not the plan. That, that's not the plan wherewith God has said there is only one way of salvation. And it's not through doing good or being good or trying harder. Or even here, the, the, the people were coming and they were saying, well, listen, if you really want to be saved, well, you've got to be circumcised. Now, that would make me question my salvation. I've just got to tell you, right? But, but he says, you've got to follow the Jewish ways. You've got to follow the old ways. You've got to do it the way we used to do it. You've got to do it the way our grandfathers did it. And you've got to do it the way under the law. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. There's only one way of salvation. And it doesn't matter what grandpa did and mom said. And, and if it's not about Jesus, it won't save you and it won't get you to heaven. Right. Amen. Amen? That's what he's saying. He's saying, how quickly, how, I'm amazed, I'm astonished that you can get turned to another gospel. And he goes on, and in verse 7 he says, not that there's another gospel, but, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel. But listen to this. And folks, let me tell you this. Everybody with me? Let me see everybody's eyes this morning, all right? All your eyes. Listen to this. Heed this scripture for 2015. I don't care if it comes from the Supreme Court of the United States or the Supreme Council of Churches or from the Vatican or from this pulpit or anywhere else. He says this, but there, if, he says there are some who want to distort the gospel, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one preached to you, let him be accursed. 
Let me tell you, there is no other message other than Jesus Christ. There is no other message than a gospel that says we are saved by grace through faith, based fully and completely on Jesus Christ, and lived out in the power of the Spirit by the Word of God. It's the only gospel. It's the only way. I know that we live in a day and everybody's getting it. And I, listen, I believe in, in godly dreams and godly revelation and godly visions. But we get people that, that God said this and God said that. And listen, every time somebody says God said something, can I tell you something? People lie. I know that's probably a revelation to you. Anybody? But you can write this down, you can, tw you can tweet it, Twitter it, whatever you can say. Pastor Sam said, people lie. People don't know. People are not naive. People are wrong. If it's, not, if it's not confirmed by the Word of God, if it's not based on Jesus Christ, it is not the gospel. And that's what he says. He said, if anyone's preaching to you a, a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. Verse 11, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that by, was preached by me, it's not man's gospel. I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it by man, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, that's what we need today, is a revelation, Don. We need, a, we need an, an increased revelation of who Jesus Christ is, of how much He loves us, amen? How much He desires to pour into us, so that then we can be people who are freely freely surrender our lives to Jesus.